And now another blast from the past, another sound of soul. If your heart can take it, come fly with us. This is Rock and Robin on your 8 dial. Music for parking in the dark while in Rock Creek Park. And now from the year 5-8, Little Anthony and the Imperials and Shimmy, Shimmy, Coco, Pop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you say fucking in the dark? No. <laughs> I said parking oh, in the dark. Oh, okay. While like, in Rock Creek Park. I'm sorry. I don't think Washington. the FCC Although, would be okay with it. Although there was a wonderful girl, and I were in Rock Creek Park one night, and when the cop bounced on the window with the flashlight, right. oh, man. But yes, we were fucking in the dark. <laughs> the dark is the best place to do it, I think. Well, uh, <laughs> boy, we better get off this right now. <laughs> This is the podcast. Are you? Yeah, are you going to mention the it? podcast, John? Oh, yeah, it's uh, for episode 302 of Better Call Saul, written by Tom Schnoz, directed by Vince Gilligan, and edited by Kelly Dixon and Skip McDonald. Yay! Yay! Hey, so it's Kelly Dixon and... Chris McCaleb. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, we just got a special guest here, Jonathan Banks, opening up for, uh, for the Insider Podcast. Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you. Uh, we're here with uh, creators of the show, Vince Gilligan, Peter Gould. Hey, hey, hey. Hello. Uh, we're here with executive producer uh, uh, Melissa Bernstein. Hi there. And we're here with the writer of the show, Tom Schnauz, you talented motherfucker. Oh, thank you, Kelly. You are also a talented motherfucker. We are the Talented Motherfuckers <laughs> Club. We let we let Sam Catlin in for a, a brief mistake. That was a big mistake. No, really? <laughs> really? I, so, yeah. I, I, I don't know. He, I, he, he, he wrote, he wrote he ruins a, an amazing, amazing uh, uh, pilot script for... Uh, for preacher, so I'll give him a little plug. Yay, there. preacher, preacher, um, good we'll show. Give him a little plug. Um, uh, but See, yeah, hey, we miss you. Yeah, but no. apparently, we I had great dinner with him two nights ago. You did, yes. Mm-hmm. But apparently, according to Julie, Schnauz, he's not in our club no more. Oh, what? So yeah. Apparently, according to you, he's not in our club no more. Fuck yeah. that guy. Yeah. Ooh, podcast exclusive. Fuck that guy. I will great. mention the other day, uh, Melissa was meeting uh, a meeting at a writer who was, in, she's she was inside Tom's Glaston office. And out of the corner of my Urinating eye. Urinating all over every Yes, surface. that's right. They were, they, were, they were all rubbing their stink all over my, all over Tom's stuff. No, I, I, I sense it when I'm in there. Yes. It's really like, impressive. Like, I walked past. I thought I thought you were you were meeting with Sam Catlin. It's, you tell us who that it was, was? It was Brian K. Vaughn, who is actually an incredible graphic novelist. Oh, yeah. oh, uh, okay. Very well known. Oh. Um, who has written on, on, uh, on Lost, and he was one of the Under the Dome creators. Oh. Uh, and he is like a one of the most well thought of graphic novelists right around. And he was lucky enough to look like Sam Catlin. True story. <laughs> did, did he like working with Dean Norris on Under the Dome? Impossible. No. Nobody likes working with Dean. Oh, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Everyone loves working I mean, with Dean Norris. Dean. And Dean Norris is now in Claws, which Nicole Cassell uh, directed the pilot. Which Lynn Ooh. Willingham edited the pilot. Is he playing oh, Santa Claus? That is a cloth. C L A W S clause. Yeah, it's about a nail salon. Oh, I like my version better. And Lynn says it's awesome. She really was like, she had to go back to uh, Ray Donovan, and she really, really wanted to finish this pilot. She says it was so super. She really, really wanted. There, I guess they were doing some reshoots or something. She really wanted to finish, and she got permission from Ray Donovan to skip out, you know, on the beginning of their season to to finish up this. And Nikki directed it. Who directed episode one of five? Better Call Saul. So we're here with episode three hundred two. We 
we sort of left 301 on a cliffhanger. We still haven't freaking seen Gus Fring yet. Yeah, you guys. You know, yeah. what the hell? Who? You know? <laughs> I don't know who you're talking about. So, again, you know, Tom, you weren't here, but on the last uh, podcast, I, I was telling these we guys that when I was, when I would know. Well, by the end of this episode, we have. I felt like la- last podcast, I said, you know, I felt like I was writing like the little cards that are on the sting for the, you know, the, the bait, the lure. the. So this one I would call the stakeout. In fact, there's two. There's the stakeout and the stakeout number two. But for this first stakeout, we've got you're opening up, and it's very, very enigmatic. You know, you've got a dark house with Chuck, and he's looking out the window, yeah. and yeah. then you know you've got this guy in the house. Who's this guy, right? So talk to me about uh, about how you guys decided to uh, to go after this one. Well, Tom wrote a great. Uh, always goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. Wrote a great script, and uh, I just shot. I just shot what he wrote, and uh, it, was, uh, it was. Oh, so you had nothing to do with the break-in of this episode? It was all Tom. I was in the bathroom. With <laughs> okay, Tom. Let me direct that question to you. For most of How did you guys there, decide to do all, that? You know, we like to start with a little bit of mystery, and so we we decided to have this private detective working with Chuck. We thought the best way to introduce him would be to to not really explain to the audience who he is so that seemed like the best in for the episode yeah and and Giacomo Bazell with Bazell it's a good uh, name is a, the best name ever mm-hmm. I want to be I want my name to be Giacomo uh is the is the uh the, is the uh uh private investigator the uh, uh private detective who is who's we meet playing solitaire, solitaire yeah he's a, he's a wonderful actor and and he is right also for, in hell and high water oh is he is he in Hell and High Water? I, you know, I, I, I hear that's Half great. Half of our crew and, and yeah. cast is in it's Hell and High Water. And our locations. And preacher locations. Yeah. I hear it's really good. And Elgato did the stones. But he, he, uh, for, he, I don't think it's a bad thing to say, he's read for us a great many times on both shows, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, and we always liked him. And we always said to, uh, to Kira and, uh, and her uh, team, Kira, the lovely Kira Rai. Uh, casting, br- casting, or New Mexico casting person, because he's a New Mexico local. Uh, bring him back. Keep bringing him back. He's not quite right for this particular role, but bring him back. And and always, always said this guy's great. He's just not right for this particular role. So finally, uh, and he, and he's such a trooper to keep coming back over and over again. And I told him this story, so this won't be a surprise to him if he hears the podcast. Just uh, man, I'm so glad we finally got you on the show. And the lighting in this teaser, teaser by uh, uh, Marshall Adams, our new. DP is is wonderful. You know what we didn't talk and about? Steve Latecki's work. Uh, yes, uh, I never never want a short shrift. Steve Steve Latecki. He is just. Uh, what is Steve's official title? Chief, Chief lighting, lighting technician. technician. Chief lighting technician, and he Sometimes is gaffer. He's this big, uh, uh, wonderful uh, uh, bearer of a man who uh, has been with us since uh, breaking you know Breaking Bad days, and he's just the sweetest guy. Steve is. He is a uh, tall drink of water. Yes, mm-hmm. and he's just a great guy, and. Uh, helps all the various uh, direct, wonderful directors of photography we've, we've had over the years on both shows uh, make the lighting as, 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 as subtle and, and beautiful as, as it always is. So uh, we go away from that teaser, and now we're, again, we pick Mike up in the middle of this chase. You know, and it's a long chase. And I want to say that um, this episode uh, was edited by Skip McDonald and myself, um, and there's a lot of it. Like, I only did half of it, so a lot of that chase I did not do. That was not my part. Um, but you do the I good half or the bad half? 
Which half? The good half. I always do the good the half. Good half, baby. <laughs> no, no, they were both. They were I've both just, good half. I'm stirring the pot. Um, Skip and I. It's funny. People always ask us, you know. So when you guys like, you know, work and we guys like watch each other's episodes, and we don't really work uh, very much on the same episode. But even working on separate episodes, no, we don't tend to watch them, and people are always appalled by that. And it's like we don't have time to yeah, usually watch each true. other's. We read them, and we know the story, but usually we don't have time. And towards the end of the season or towards the end, we will sit down and watch each other's. But on this one, um, I don't think he watched my part, and I didn't watch his part. You know, they just kind of. But the, when we watched with you the first time, we were watching, you know, together. Right. And what I noticed was. Um, how amazing I thought, and I told you this in the room, how amazing it was that you found new locations in Albuquerque to shoot that we had not seen in Breaking Bad. And my favorite is that big bridge with the big holes or whatever the hell that thing yeah. was. Is that, oh, go ahead. And, well, and I agree completely, and I want to stress, I did not find these locations. Christian de Bedoya. Am I saying his name right? Then, then yeah. was, he, was he holding out? You wouldn't that? say it I was like, like that. Wow. I would, I would, he would say it was much more panache. Yes. Like, like full of panache. How in the that hell Christian. did, I mean, that was amazing. I, Christian I, and his team of things, location scouts. I agree completely. Christian and his team of scouts, uh, his, his team, found these wonderful locations. Um, and he's, he's the best. And after 10 years, oh, yeah. uh, literally, and it's, you know, I believe the 10-year anniversary <laughs> of the shooting of the pilot yeah. of, of Breaking Bad just just it's went just by. Passed, it yeah. just passed. Oh, it did? After, after 10 wow. years. We started on March the 7th. Yeah, it was still going on by now, wow. but we started on March the 7th. That's right, because the second day of shooting was, was, uh, was uh, uh, Brian Cranston's birthday. And yeah, his birthday just went by. That's right. It's happy really anniversary, so, guys! Yeah, happy anniversary! Isn't that that's wow. just incredible? That bridge yeah. is the city in the background real, or is that a visual effect? That is not a visual. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, where it's that, twinkling. Where, yeah, where it looks. It looks that one shot looks like one of those miniature photography things. Yeah, and uh, like a like a tilt shift lens shot it. No, you know what happened? That is the real city in the background, and uh, light bright. It looks yeah, like it looks a like a light bright. <laughs> And the way we did that is I was watching, uh, and our two wonderful camera operators, you gave a shout-out to Paul, our A camera operator, Jonathan, on our last podcast, and then Matt, our, our Matt new... Matt Cradle. Matt Cradle, yeah. our, new, our new B camera operator. Uh, another very sweet uh, bear of a guy, big, big, tall, giant guy uh, who was a wonderful operator. We got these two wonderful operators. I think I was, I think I was looking over Matt's shoulder because we had both cameras going. We were shooting from another bridge, looking at the bridge, the one you're talking about, Chris. And they had set up the shots. I was very happy with them. And we need to talk about this, this new camera we're using at some point. Uh, but we, uh, we're using this camera that just practically sees in the dark, which is an amazing invention, amazing bit of technology. And I love the shot we were getting on both cameras. And Matt was adjusting the lens a little bit, and he threw the shot just a little bit out of focus. And suddenly the lights in the background, the lights of Albuquerque, the light bright twinkly lights, uh, Melissa was just mentioning, popped so much more. So I thought, why don't we get, why don't we just, because it was very much a lockdown camera and we were waiting to get the, everything ready to shoot the actual scene. So I said, why don't you roll, I don't know, 30 seconds, 40 seconds, just of, just of uh, get a shoot a plate of this lockdown shot with just out of focus. 
and then we digitally married, which is actually very easy to do. So it is a visual effect. It's a visual effect, but it, not much of one in the sense that we married the top half of the screen to the bottom half of the... Which we do a lot. Just a which simple a little split or animat kind of situation. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. So we split the slightly out of focus I wondered that. top... And and it but it's it's, it's real. Very cool. It and it very and it, cool. it looks like that uh, tilt shift photography. Yeah. And you know yeah. mostly because we're trying to get the foreground in focus and throw the background out. Exactly. So you get that. But I just thought it was fun. I was one of those nice uh, happenstance uh, accidents that uh, I just I, I, and it all sprung from uh, an accident. But but seeing how much better the city looked out of focus. But I the, guess not, I don't mean that as a put down. It just it's no, lights are prettier when they're out of focus. How anyone ever take it as that? <laughs> no. But physically, where we were is we are we were at a high point. We were we were at a high point in, in within the city of Albuquerque that looks down on the major part of the city right. out in the distance. Yeah, exactly. And and we were also for folks who know Albuquerque, you could practically throw a rock from where we were standing to the mall, the Cottonwood Mall. Uh, that we shot the uh, the Cinnabon stuff in. Now, isn't that the same night that we were driving in the wet all through with the car and, and the police and all that? It was the same that? area. It was a different night, but it was the same area. God, that was a rough night. That was Jesus a rough night, Christ. especially when John Why? didn't have his glasses on. Oh, man. And we're, we're driving with rain all over the windshield. Oh, yeah. Paul, you wadded up in the back seat, or was it Matt? And was You're something. really driving practically? Oh, yeah, yeah. he was. Whoa. He absolutely was. Well, there was one tow rig shot we did. But a lot of that footage, especially when you're looking past over, over, over Jonathan's shoulder out to the world, that's absolutely him driving himself. And it was I was sitting in the seat next to him, and Paul, who's such a wonderful, brilliant camera operator, is 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 frame just framing me out. I don't know how he does uh, these guys do it, but uh, he's just framing me out, and I'm scrunched up against the passenger window as much as I can, and I'm looking, I'm watching what Paul's shooting on a little handheld monitor. I'm just bitching like a son of a bitch. God damn it. The brain on the window doesn't match. Drive faster. Ah, and Jonathan's like, I'm going to kill us both. I, I can't see a goddamn thing. This is not my best night. Well, you know, it's but, funny but, how but, but stories are told and remembered. You know? Part of it, part of the reason why why for this is that because we were using a different camera, isn't this, isn't this yeah, right? Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't there that night because we we're using a different camera. This camera, this setup is so sensitive to light that you actually, you normally, you know, if you're, if we're shooting, we would normally have movie lights out there, and you'd maybe, maybe yeah. either, of course, that creates other problems because you can get blinded by them, but also, also, you just have more light, and with this, with this new setup, uh, the camera can actually see more than the eye sometimes, which yeah. is a very, it's a very strange sensation for anyone who's worked in movies, yeah. because you'll, you'll. You 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 know the, you'll be kind of staggering around the set in the dark, uh, and and then and then you look at the monitor and it's it's a whole it's a different world out there. What is I, the new camera this system? This camp well, I want to tread lightly because uh, yes. Well, yes. Fuck it, well then, I'll just, it. No, I'll, just, no, I'll just ask you. No, I'll just ask I'll just say it. I'll just say it because uh, we work for the uh, we love Sony. Yes. But this is not a Sony camera. This is its biggest competitor in the in the. Imaging uh, electronics uh, this world. This, this is, is a Panasonic, kind of and we usually shoot with the Red, which is in fact another uh, competitor of Sony. But uh, the Red that we shoot on normally is a wonderful camera. It has a native 
ISO, a native speed of uh, 800, I believe, which is nice and fast, and it shoots a beautiful image. This new Panasonic, and by the way, I'm sure all these other companies are going to catch catch up. The imaging, uh, as with every other form of technology, it's always in flux. It's always moving, advancing forward. But as of now, this Panasonic has oh, a the Vericam. This Panasonic Vericam, thank you. God forgotten Vericam has a native ISO of 5,000. Whoa! And one night, the night at the uh, the that power looks station, like daylight. Then it's amazing. <laughs> the night, literally, the night at the power station in this episode that opens up Act uh, One, where the the guys are hanging out and the and the the bad guys are hanging out at the, at the power substation with all the electrical equipment in the background, and the and the and the guy in the Bronco shows up uh, and gives them coffee. Uh, that is uh, that was shot with this thing, uh, and and I actually Marshall our DP had a pained look in his face. I said, "What's the matter?" He says, "Well, it's a full moon out tonight. It's really messing up my lighting." <laughs> that's how that's how sensitive the chip in this thing is. That's huge. Isn't that amazing? It, it, that's it, so it, much faster because it dub right the, the multiplier effect with ISOs. Yes. And it like it the sensitivity doubles every time you open up. It, and it, it, yes, means, it means that night has a really different look to it. Yeah. And it has a different look than what we're used to from, from movies or from other kinds of digital. And it's, it's uh, I don't know that it's better or worse. It's just different. It's, I love it. I love it, the look. Is it not the case that when you're shooting night and you still need some source of light, so it it's it can sometimes, and not on our show, but appear as if there's like a football stadium yeah. off camera. And you'd have 16 shadows going in every single direction, which you do have in real life at night with artificial lighting sometimes. But it's 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 a wonderful tool because you can you can you can. You could always do things at night, but you needed to have more money and more time to put up more, more and more lights. You, you know, you'd have to these giant uh, space lights or, or uh, Musco lights or whatever. All these things you don't need all that stuff now with this with this new imaging technology. While we're talking about that uh, power station scene, I want to give a shout out to David DeLau and uh, Robert Douglas Washington and Matt Rozak, uh, who are the three guys. Uh, of course, you see a lot more of David in the episode. He's the boss who's going around making all the pickups. Those three guys were a pleasure to work with. Very and, good actors. And what a cool way to open the episode with people we don't know. Yeah. We have no idea where we are. Mm-hmm. Well done, Little Prince. Yeah, the Little Prince wrote a Little Prince wrote a big <laughs> This episode. is one of my favorite acts because uh, Jonathan doesn't say anything in it. You know, it's funny. I was just going to – I was trying to bring that around too because I was going to mention, you know, that because we're on television and because we're on television that carries commercials – we um, we have to uh, uh, you know come in in a certain amount of time. So there's always a question, especially um, in the beginning of seasons, and uh, as far as like how something is being timed out script wise and how long it's actually taking. Um, you know when we shoot it, the script supervisor has to keep track of how much time, so we can keep track. Um, and the thing I was going to bring uh, was going to ask you, Tom, because there's there's so little dialogue. I mean, it's really all about. Uh, about Mike um, trying to figure out what the hell and and these guys it's they're running circles around each other um, you know who's got the upper hand mm-hmm. and when I read it I got the impression that you wanted it you you guys wanted it to take time it's not like this is you want didn't want this to be done quickly exactly. so I'm curious um, Tom when you're writing this because there's no dialogue how did you guys figure out 
on the page how long this was going to take because this you had to cut stuff out of this sequence because it took too much yeah, time, I right? Did. I don't like doing that. I'm not looking to do that, but it it the, the story needs what it needs, and and yeah. But I know that when I read it, you it really came off as you really you guys wanted it to take yeah, time, just, you, sort of the analog. We air it out on the way. page and try to give it its due, but there's no way to to match page timing to no. actual timing because really. I'm not really sure once. Vince has the actors on set and all the cars and, you know, traveling. It's like, how long is this really going to take? There's just no way to know. So you just you air it out on the page and, and hope hope for the best. And Helen Caldwell, our script supervisor, to her credit, the whole time she kept saying, this is, you're really milking this out, man. This is really long. Are you sure? Uh, I'm using my words, but she was very nice about it. It was like, you really want, this is going to be long. I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll worry about it later. I think in story terms, we wanted it. We wanted it to take a bit because yeah. it might be easy for Mike. It's exactly Gus Fring, and now we finally, we finally, this is the episode where Mike and Gus uh, are are all next to each other. The worst kept secret it's, in Hollywood. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, there's a clue in our titles. <laughs> Fring is back. Yeah, we thought. Yes. Anyway, that's that's a that's another story that we've told before. And as someone who it didn't know it was coming. All of those things were super exciting for me. Big, yeah, because I guess time. we should mention, Chris isn't here. You're coming in here to do the podcast right. with us, which is great. And I miss you, so well, it's really great to work all together with you. Yeah. Um, but uh, Chris, you, you got special permission, basically, um, to watch the episodes early. Right. The only, you're the only one that gets to watch it. Even Jonathan hasn't seen them. You know, to get to watch the episodes early just to get ready for this podcast. So. That's right. That's so now right. You can, yeah. And I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. So now, you didn't, now you didn't realize, so seeing the two, the, th no, well, the two of them together. Yeah, and, it, and and you you don't even think about it. It's like, God, wow, I haven't seen these two people together for an exceptionally long time since another show. And then some of them, I I don't know that I've ever seen them I don't together. Think we, have I ever seen Did Jimmy and Gus together? Did we ever see Saul? Nope. Saul yeah, and Saul Gus and were Saul never in the same frame. Gus, Saul and Gus were never together. Yeah. And there's a, there's a, I know we're jumping around, but there is a moment in that in that scene that I absolutely love when he's, because like he's, he's doing Jimmy in uh, the, the Poyos restaurant and he's like just loading sugars. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then there, it's such a little thing. That when he drinks the sugar, it's like oh, he just can't, he can't even drink. I, I wrote that in my notes. It was like that's such a nice touch that he's just like it didn't nice. taste good at all. That's nice. I like that a lot. It's <laughs> funny, uh, you know. We can we can jump to that because um, and the, you know, Tom, I want to get you in on this as, as well because I looked this up today. It's like once like we we have we have we have uh, uh, Jonathan um, Mike driving around. Trying to outsmart, you know, these guys or try and figure out what the fuck is going on. And then finally he tracks them to this place and he's staking them out, right? And you finally have that pullback of the Los Poyos reveal. Mm -hmm. You know, and that happens at nine minutes into the second episode. Wow. <laughs> nice. I like the I like the specificity of Yeah, well it's it's holding off as long as possible. And and that shot, that was take one. Of, uh, and that was Matt uh, who operated that one. He's up on a ladder. Uh, so you got this shot of the back of uh, Mike's car, and right. Mike starts to back, uh, makes a K turn and pulls out to go home. And uh, and Matt was balancing on this 12 foot tall ladder, slowly zooming out. Nailed it in one take. I love that shot. Yeah. He really performed beautifully on that. Uh, and and so did Matt. Matt said to me, he said, I just, when he, when he saw yeah, it, yeah, he, yeah. He, I talked to him and he said, I love that. It's a great shot. It's a great reveal. Uh, I, I, and it's, and it shows how collaborative 
you know, a lot of times directors would be like, yeah, it was all me, you know, and it's because it's a director's personality to take credit. It's so, this job is so collaborative, whether directors admit it or not. I had an idea that I wanted to reveal uh, where we were in a really cool way, and I generally gave the parameters of that idea to Matt, and then he created this shot and just nailed it. So it's like, it's, it's a this is reveal. a group effort. It's, it's a, a really great reveal. I, and I love that just the voiceover over picture as we're hearing Mike's plan, um, but we're seeing it. it I can, now, right now, I can't remember. Was that? Uh, that was not, that was not scripted. That was, uh, again, because we we, the script was always too long <laughs> as we seem to go. Uh, it was just a great way that these guys condensed uh, the, the voice and the image into I think, one. I, I think Kelly you're talking about a different it. spot. No, no, right? no, no, no. Well, she is. She's talking about the spot uh, when Jimmy goes in. When Jimmy oil. goes in, not yeah. the reveal yeah. of the restaurant. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. different stuff. But, but she's, uh, Melissa's right. It, uh, we had we shot an entire scene. And again, if, if I had a crystal ball and knew we would never use this scene, I wouldn't have just beat my head against the pavement for two hours trying to get all the angles I needed for a scene we never wound up using. You had a great idea, Kelly. We were so long. The episode yeah, was so long. Yeah, and I just said, why, we have this, basically we have that scene in the car a couple of times. Yeah. I said, well, all we really need is, you know, to know what he wants Jimmy to go Because the do. information from right. the scene, the dialogue from the scene. Right. And you laid it over that long, long, long shot. Right, because you wanted to keep the shot. And I'm like, well, why don't we put that well, over that? And it wasn't, yeah, and it wasn't just, yeah. Uh, uh, We're talking about the shot once Jimmy pulls into Los Poyos and, okay. The long but not roundy the reveal, round, not yeah. the reveal shot. No, which yeah, is I'm totally sorry, different two different spot. things. It's the beginning of the scene, not the end of, well, not the end of the previous scene. Right. But it's, it's that moment Jimmy pulls in. We watch him come toward us. We slowly rotate 360 degrees, show the entirety. Mm, of the, yeah. I had this great, you know, I was like, oh, this is going to be a great shot. And we shoot this thing. And it, it's a fun shot, but I didn't keep it just because it was a cool shot. I kept it because it was literally the only coverage, the only coverage. And this is, you got to be careful when you're directing not to bone yourself this way. <laughs> it was the only shot that got Jimmy into the parking lot, into the building, to the counter, and ordering. It was the only coverage we had, and there was no way, even as long as we were, to cut around it. Mm. So instead, you had this great idea of putting the other scene in voiceover only over this long, long, long shot. Yeah, this was the part where, where uh, Banks, you were saying, okay, have you ever been in that restaurant? I want you to go in there. I want you to order this. I want you to sit down. I want you to wait. You know, you can help me out, Tom. I want you to. Nope, I'm not helping. Okay, fine. <laughs> I want you to. I can't remember. God, it's been a while. That's it. That's it. It's it's a, I want, you, I want you to order. I want yeah, you to yeah. keep an eye. The guy's going to pull in yeah. with a, a Bronco or something. He's yeah, going to yeah. pull in. He's yeah. got a backpack. I want you to watch the backpack. Yeah. So you're giving him all this information well, and we don't, over we the don't, walk up. Yeah, and we don't know how they're together yet at this point so it just yeah. was this great because he calls jimmy on the, the phone he, mystery. He, he calls yeah. jimmy on the phone and he says hey what are you something like what are you doing tomorrow or something mm -hmm. that's the one with the you big free for lunch tomorrow yeah with the with breakfast the, tomorrow with the big yeah. gorilla with the sunglasses on yeah, yeah. yeah. also starring gorilla? dennis Wait, yeah Milligan. we have to talk about the actor who plays the do uh, it do it yeah. well no, I, no you should it. mention before we move on yeah so tom likes it when i don't talk and then when i do talk. We just do it as a voiceover. Am I correct? <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, because you haven't seen this episode yet. That's right. Yeah. No, you're learning I this right now. I got the idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It wasn't because you guys weren't great on no, camera. No, it wasn't. It was just we it's, were battling time at that point, I think. Oh, talk about Dennis Milliken. I don't remember whose idea was. I think it might have been yours. Uh, Dennis Milliken is our uh, 
transportation captain. Dennis is the guy who's in charge of, of all our vehicles, both on screen and off. He's the one, if we need uh, if we need two station wagons to pull apart, he's the one who has to search through the country for a vintage station wagon. He's the one who finds the, the trucks that we use. He's a, he's a, he's, he's, Isn't he's, he also the one that handles all of the moving and yes. all of the trucks that, you, yes. that the crew uses? Well, he's the coordinator, but when yeah. you come to looking for those cars, he turns that over to Josh. Yeah, Josh Foley. That's right. Yeah, Josh is wonderful. That's right. He's got a good team. It's, it's, got a, a, good it's team. a wonderful team. And, and, and now and Dennis is an actor. Anyway, right. yeah, he plays <laughs> the, uh, the used car guy. Yeah. Who Mike has gone and bought... Uh, what a sort of a used car just for this job. Mm -hmm. You have that great giant gorilla. Yeah, with the giant gorilla. Thing. Yes, <laughs> the giant blow-up gorilla. So That's just to be clear, to just the... to be clear, it, it, Tom doesn't only upstage me with Dennis. He upstages <laughs> me with a gorilla. I, I did not. I, the gorilla was not scripted. I had nothing to do with the gorilla. <laughs> Who got the gorilla? That was uh, Michael Novotny and and uh, and and his team uh, found that. Uh, Showed us a lot of pictures of different things. We wanted some sort of inflatable uh, hoo-ha in the background, and and we and they showed us this: this gorilla in shorts with uh, shades on and holding <laughs> a big car over its head. Uh, yes, awesome. uh, Cindy Coburn, no doubt. C Cindy, yes. Well. I could have Cindy, been Cindy. projectile vomiting, and they would still be looking at the gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> We got it. So not true. You're so watchable. We gotta we gotta make it tough for you. We gotta make it a challenge. Well, you we gotta hold that, that screen. <laughs> But before we go into that, I mean, there's more to, to go into, obviously, with that, you know, amazing scene that you conceived and shot um, uh, with, you know, uh, Jimmy doing his stakeout of trying to figure out who the backpack yeah, we guy was. we were there was. for two days for that scene. Yeah. yeah. That, I would, and that's a such a one. delicate balance because it's like a magic trick because you're like, keep your eye on the bag, keep your eye on the bag. And Jimmy doesn't have to, but the, uh, as well as the audience. But wait, that's before such we a get delicate to that, visual, okay. before we get to that. Francesca! Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah! That was yeah, yeah. exciting. So great seeing So great seeing Boy, Tina she's Parker good. Back. She is so good. Yeah. And, and, and this is going to sound, I'm just going to say it because it's worth saying because it sounds like a backhanded compliment because I always remember her being good on Breaking Bad. On this, it's like, it's like she's, she is fantastic in this. I love the job she does in this episode. She came in, this is what you love when you're directing. It's such a gift to you. Uh, an actor who comes in and we're so blessed to have so many actors who do this and she's yet another who comes in and, and, and gives us these little gifts, these little things she would do that I, I would love to take credit for. They were all her. Uh, she, she is, is really so fun. funny. It's nice to see that character too though. Uh, and she's just warmer. Yeah. She, you know, there's she's playing a different person. Yeah, Talk she, about that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's certainly probably something for the writers to comment on but as an out, slightly as an outsider just to see her where you know sh where she's not so dark she's not so troubled like she's not Jimmy. so it, i mean it's it's like bob did with, with the the sweet affable version of jimmy yeah. who's yes. nothing yeah. like i've been Saul. asking for something. francesca since the beginning that's true you that have true. Like, when's francesca coming back yeah. something happened to francesca between i think it was between now and then. Yeah. Right? Right? i think yes Just, she is she is Something drained that joy from her. And so it's fun to see. It's so much fun to see Tina. And also Tina was so patient with us because I, I'm sure I, I yeah. didn't, sure I didn't talk to her about them. this. But, but you better if, call if I, Saul's back. I can't wait to start. Yes. I know all her, three. all her friends and associates. And she is, by the way, she runs a theater company in, in Texas. Yeah. And oh. she is. Uh, in Dallas? She, she is. Uh, 
Or is it Austin? It's, it's somewhere Houston, in Texas. Uh, yeah. Houston, sorry, Dallas, sorry, or Texas Austin. Texas is a big place. My Texas is, is a big place. place. She, she, she has a theater company, and she, uh, she, you know, that's I think that she spends a, a lot of time, a lot of time, and a lot of and effort they, on that. And she yeah. is, she is just an excellent performer. And she had to wait for years. And I think Melissa, I, I believe you actually reached out to her uh, when we started to let her know, yeah, we still love you. We just haven't, we haven't gotten around to Francesca yet. And so now she's back. She was she, worth the wait. And she yeah. is, she is, she is wonderful. And it's, it's, she's wonderful. And actually, I think she arguably has more to do on this show. I don't think oh, it's yeah. anything. I don't think it's, I don't Absolutely. think it's giving anything away to say that, that uh, we're going to see more of her in future episodes. And she's, she's got a lot to do and she is, she is just fun. I'm always happy, always happy when she's oh, in the she's scene. she's wonderful. She's so good. Sorry. And Tina's from Dallas. Do you have to go? Yes. Okay. Jonathan, I'm Jonathan, so sorry. Thank, thank you for being here. Good night, Gracie. Why do you leave early during my episodes? Yeah. <laughs> well, because Tom, I think that's self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan Banks, everybody. Thanks, Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. So, Jimmy at Poyos. I'm sick, talk of, to I'm us sick about... of that guy. Today, so thank <laughs> God he's gone. <laughs> so talk, talk to us about how you guys, you know, wanted to, uh, to, to make this happen. How did it start? You know, at this table that we're sitting at, how did it, how did it go? Oh, well, I think we, we just, we got to the, if I, as I recall, we got to the point where Mike had tracked the tracker to Poyos Hermanos, and somehow, somehow it stops there. So what is he going to do? Because you know, peop, whoever's tracking him obviously knows who he is. Mm -hmm. He needs to send some spy into the into there to, to find out to find out where where is that tracker? What's going on? What's going on with the uh, what's going on with that bag? What's going on? It, because he has no and it's important. Part of the struggle sometimes is for us to put ourselves uh, in the heads of the characters because we know so much more than they do, especially about Poyos Hermanos. And I, I think, you guys tell me if you agree, I don't think he suspects, it's just a fast food restaurant. He doesn't think yeah. there's anything up with this particular fast food restaurant. He thinks somebody's just using it as a spot for an exchange. He truly doesn't know what to think. Yeah, yeah. and he is, so he's keeping his mind open, but he can't show his face in there. Uh, and so he has to send somebody in. And boy, whenever I'll tell you the truth, Kelly. Whenever we come up with a an organic situation to have these two characters together, mm -hmm. I I'm always so happy and breathe such a sigh of relief. This was the trifecta. Yes. getting all three of these. It guys. really was. Yeah. It really was. And and, and of course, uh, so that's that's. I think that was it was it was it was like always. It's, it's solving the character's problem. And in this case. Uh, in this case, he solved it in a way that really pleased all of us. Yeah. Can I tell a funny quick story? We were, uh, we were uh, scouting. It was not the tech scout where he bring the whole crew, but it was an early scout uh, of the, of the uh, Twister's restaurant in, in Albuquerque. And thanks to the, folks at, the good folks at Twister's. Uh, by the way, you can go to this restaurant. And they have a sign over Walt's booth. It says Walt's booth, and it points down. And they down have the, the 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 big the logo. The logo. We, we went there. there. We were yeah. there. Yeah, we yeah. went. Yeah. When we were there the for the yeah. when you shot the pilot yeah. of, of of this very program. The logo, uh, the Los Pollos Romanos logo, uh, the painting that our art department did remains up on the wall of one of the two entrances you walk in, and it, and you see it. You see it obviously in the episode. You see it. Uh, it's right behind Jimmy when he walks, when he stops there inside the door before he it's goes and orders. There. It's still there, still there now. You can go visit it, and uh, if you go there, 
uh, by all means, go visit, uh, buy, buy lots of food. You don't have to buy lots of food, but buy some it's food while you're churros. there. Yeah, they've tr everything's good there. But buy, buy some food <laughs> while you're there. Uh, don't just take pictures, but they're real sweet people who run the place. But uh, we did a scout, about eight or, eight or nine of us who came in a van, and I'm in there racking my brain trying to figure out how to shoot this enormous sequence, this wonderfully written sequence that Tom had written. And I'm in there like, and I thank goodness the timing worked out perfectly on this story I'm about to tell. I just sort of figured out where to, and what you're figuring out is, okay, where does, where do the actors stand? Where does, where does he go sit? Where does he, and then he moves to this other booth and he follows the guy. And I just figured, broken the back of it, so to speak. And I look out the window and I'm feeling relieved. And I look out the window and I see this, this bounder, this 1983 bounder RV. Our pull, RV? Pull up, pull up into the, pull up into the lot. And I look out the window, I'm thinking, isn't that weird? It's a good, maybe it's a good sign I figured this out. Isn't it funny to see the, an RV that looks just like the one from Breaking Bad? And, and then I see 12 or 14 people it's pile out of it. And it's a tour. It's, it's a, tour. a Breaking Bad tour. Oh, no. And I say, oh, shit. And, uh, and I, I yell at everybody, oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and luckily there's a back door. <laughs> Scatter. There was a side door, and luckily our Sprinter van was, was parked in the, in the back side of the building. And we all of us ran out the door. The far, on the far side of the building, and as they were coming in, the last of us was going out, and we got in there without anybody knowing we'd have been there. I thought you were going to say you stayed in there and had something and see if anybody recognized you. I think if you're coming all the way to Albuquerque to take the Breaking Bad tour, likely somebody would have. But, uh, <laughs> but, and it's not that we don't like seeing our fans. It's just that. You didn't want to give it away. Surprise. Yeah, yeah, we didn't give sure. it away at that point. Uh, back like, why in, is Vince Gilligan at yeah, Twisters? Back in yeah. early September. You wouldn't put a code in your previous season's titles or anything like that. Whose idea was it to make that uh, real life Poyos television commercial? That was released prior to the uh, that was season. genius. Talk, I, that who was, who was, whose was, idea was that? That, I was, that was John Carlo's idea, which uh, which is pretty great. He really when we uh, when he decided to come back on board the show, he we talked to him about how we wanted to keep it a secret and we didn't want anyone to catch on too early, which he completely agreed. But he said we should really find a dynamic, interesting way to announce uh, Gus's return to the show, and he pitched a, a commercial for Los Pollos Hermanos. That's and awesome. we put that out to our partners at uh, AMC and Sony. And honestly, they ran with it uh, because we were in the midst of producing this show. So it, it's a lot to then add another uh, spinning uh, plate. And they really uh, did such a wonderful job, Dan Appel and uh, his so team. Good. Dan, Dan and Dan Appel and, Ro and Rob, Rob Knox. Uh, they've been working uh, with us since the early days of Breaking Bad doing behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, they were with us uh, doing behind-the-scenes on the pilot. Yes, on the pilot of Breaking Bad. And now they've got their own – maybe they had a, their own production company then, I, I, but I draw a blank on the timeline. But they, these guys put together this commercial. It was so – it's so good. It's so great. It's so real. It's so it's real. They did and, such uh, a good Gordon job. And Gordon Smith wrote it. And Gordon Smith wrote it, yes. So, we so are very grateful for it. Yes. He, too, was family. busy. Taste the family was 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 Gordon's invention. That sounds that's that that checks out. It does. It does, doesn't it? It all makes sense now. So that scene again. This was a scene with hardly any dialogue, and you've got to time it. And I remember because I cut that part of the show, and I remember when I read it, I was like, man, he really, really wants to drag this. He wants it to take a long time, and I remember looking at the dailies going. God, 
I just should I make yeah. this a little faster? Should mm-hmm. I not make it? I started. I actually um, put some a music track under it so I could. There was so much dailies that you had, and so many moments that you had, yeah. that I was just trying to figure out how long do we stay with Jimmy? How who, how many times does he look? How long does it take for the guy to come yeah. in? Yeah. You know, and then once the guy comes in, now we have a mission. But it was more about. You know, Jimmy is supposed to be there, but really doesn't know what he's looking or how long it's going to take. And so I wanted to, like, um, make sure that we, you know, experience that. But so you had to write that. And, and, you know, it seems like the mandate was that you wanted to have it happen. You wanted it to take quite a a long time. I have to say, for me, one and I, I wasn't there, and I just, I'm a great fan of this episode. And to me, one of the greatest pieces of showmanship that I can ever remember seeing uh, on television or movies is that first shot uh, where we see Gus and he's and we're on Jimmy and Gus is out of focus in the background. It just makes me want to jump out of my skin. You're <laughs> yeah. screaming. You're yeah. screaming because your focus is on you're like, Jimmy. I know that's him. You so yeah. much want. You so much want it. You so much want to see Gus spring. You so much want to, and you're. And you're just playing us. Yeah. You guys, you guys, you all, 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 all of you guys are just playing us. It is, it is, it is spectacular. I, I, I'm so, I'm so, you, I'm so proud of that. And I think it's, it's just, it's so much fun. And that's, and that's, uh, that's really the nutshell of the answer to your, to your question, Kelly. Why milk out the first part so long? It's, and you don't normally do that in a scene. Uh, you know, if you don't want to be accused of just you know, being uh, uh, self-indulgent as a director, but some scenes deserve being allowed to linger. Mm-hmm. And that scene, it seemed to us, to all of us, when Tom wrote it, and then when he was telling me how he felt it should be directed, and then when I was directing it and talking to the actors, what I was telling them was, take your time with this, because this is a very important place We know he's going to be there. We know it. I know. He and told you, us last season no, he's going to be there. No, I know, but but here's the thing. You know he's going to be there. Was, you know he's going to be you there. You know he's going to be there, and therefore, the longer we make you wait mm-hmm. to see him, and the more coy we are when we do see him, right. uh, what Peter was just talking about, the final reveal, the more we're, as Peter was saying, jump. hopefully the audience is jumping out of their skin. Yeah, that's hopefully. exactly what you They're want. They're saying, wait, that's is that Gus? That's yeah. Gus. Yeah. Wait, those, those, those khaki pants and that yellow shirt and the tie. And actually, them. and you helped me a lot in the editing. Yeah, uh, you, were, you were not happy when you first saw the way that I, that I was doing the, that. The reveal, that I wanted to do it in my mind. And this is a good example of how you should have a good plan as a director, but you should be ready to, to, to discard your plan for something better. Because my plan as a director was we got the shot that Peter's talking about where he's way out of focus. And I, we worked a long time, Marshall and I and uh, Paul, our camera operator, trying to find the right lens and the right um, uh, f-stop so that he's, it's all about making him far enough out of focus. Yeah, he's way out there in the, by yeah. the trash can. Yeah, but not, watching Jimmy. exactly, but not so far out of focus that he's just a geometric blob. Right. So I had, we've got this shot and I was so proud of it on the night we shot it. And by that time it was night, I think. It was night? I mean, we they pump light through the slats and the. It, it, yeah, I may be wrong. I, I may be wrong about what we shot when, but there were some shots in there that were night. That uh, just because it, it took forever to shoot this scene. But anyway, uh, and I I wanted in the version I had the one or I had he's out of focus and then he keeps coming our way, clean bussing tables, yeah. and then he finally you see his face in focus, just ever so slightly out of focus, but you see him very clearly at the end of the of the take. If it had been cut in 
uninterrupted, unedited. And when I saw your first, your editor's cut, I was like, what, what is this? I know, I know you were mad. I was like, what is this? It's not, <laughs> what the ah, it's not the way I want it. What did you do? What did you do, Kelly Dixon? I know, I know you were mad. No, well, I wasn't mad. I was just surprised. And then I was like, no, no, my brilliant genius directing needs to come full flower and not be, not be bastardized by your editing. I, I, I didn't quite say that. And then, and then I thought about it. I was like, no, wait, Kelly did it exactly right. Because then I said, put it, no, let me see it the way I intended in my mind's eye. And he said, all right, all right. And he cut it in the way I wanted it. And then I was like, oh, shit, this is not as good as the way Kelly did it. Because <laughs> so, I, I watched the dailies as they were coming in, and that was the first shot of Gus I saw. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I love the shot, but then in but it was even it was, better the way Kelly but, did it. Yeah, stretching yeah. out the reveal was the perfect way to That's do it. That's very wait. sweet of you guys. Well, it's it true. was it's it's true. Honest, it was funny because I saw your dailies yeah. and I saw the way you wrote it. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm seeing what he's doing, but you had this amazing reveal of him after the trash can. You and you were like exactly right out there, and I'm like, you were exactly. I right. don't know. Yeah. I remember talking to Skip, and I said, you know, I know he wants me to do this. But I'm just going to do this yeah. just to show a different way. Yeah. Well, that's what, I'm so you know. glad you did. And by the way, again, it bears repeating yet again, balloons should drop. I've said it so many times over the years doing these podcasts. But the French auteur theory where the director is everything is, is nonsense. This is a collaborative medium, as is movies, but even more so. They, they're all collaborative, more so television still. We have to be because we have to be fast. We have to be so much yeah. faster. But anyone who denies it, and by the way, if you get a chance to direct, if you're lucky enough to get to do this job, listen to the people, get good people around you, and then listen to them, and don't, I mean, I had it, this is a good example, I had it dead in my mind the way I wanted this reveal to work to the point that I got annoyed at Kelly when I saw her cut. I knew you were going to be mad, but, but I was willing. To, I, we had worked together for so long. I wouldn't this. say mad, but I was. it took me aback, and it and it kind of annoyed me. It yeah, frustrated I knew, me. I knew. But it was so good you did it because you got to get out of your own head sometimes. you got to have a plan, but then you got to be ready to discard it. you got to be honest enough when something better comes along to go with it. Otherwise, you're a fool. So. I, I I so appreciate that, and you know what? It's funny because people ask a lot of times. Sure, they ask you, Chris, as well. You know, editors, uh, new editors, old older editors, you know, or more experienced editors, especially assistants. They come to you and they say, "Well, you know, how do you know when you can take that kind of liberty? How do you know?" And it's like you just kind of have to feel out the situation. Everything is different. But we've been working. I mean, I've been working with you since the pilot of Breaking Bad. You know, it's been ten years, and. And I just felt like by now, and, you know, I've been telling these guys, you know, a lot. I don't work with you very often. You know, I, I'm not the one who edits your shows very often. So I knew that I was taking uh, well, a when liberty. I'm, when I'm directing, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. I knew that I was taking a liberty that you probably, I, I mean, look, I read it in the script, but I was like, there's another way. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's a better way. I'm going to say there's another way here. Yeah. Let me show it to him. I know I'm taking sort of my career in my hands at this point, but I think that no, he... That I mean, isn't that yeah, one a of the... Isn't that one of the best things about editing, sort of like writing as well? There, there are analogs to it that you can try it. You have it the other way. You shot yeah. it away a certain yeah. way. It's yeah. like, well, yeah. here's another way. We can always go back to what we have. Absolutely. We have it, but you have the ability to try things. But you know, and case have in point, mind experiments. You, you so, know, case so in point, right. Chris. That's a, that's a good point. But you, you and I, we met on Michael Mann's movie, right. or on Michael Mann's pilot. Right. And with that guy, 
this is not something that I would try. But with you, you know, we've worked together a long time. You've shown a lot of, you're always saying, don't rob me of any riches. You're always saying, Which on I stole all from of, Alan Pakula. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There's also an elegance to being open to other people's ideas into opening your mind it, it that's not that that isn't natural to everybody it's and, a better and way to go through life it's absolutely <laughs> not, a better not, way i don't want to make it oh. i don't want to make this like oh i'm so good to listen to everybody because sometimes i don't <laughs> but uh but but I, it the times i have like this time i'm so glad i did it's a much better way kelly cut it than i had in my mind's eye i it love was, that know, sequence just knowing like, nothing know, about it going yeah, and watching too. it like i said it's like a magic trick keep your eye on the ball keep right. your eye on the ball we do he does and yet it still, you know, gets away from him. The headline here is it's good to have a plan, and then it's good to be, it's good to discard it for when you know in your gut and your heart that something better has just come along. And how great we're here now. How and great that we're working with Giancarlo Esposito. Exactly. And let me tell you, I have this written down. We finally see Gus's face at 27 minutes, 26 seconds, and six frames. Wow. <laughs> and it would have been a minute or so earlier if we had cut it the way I originally was going to do it. Probably, So, yeah. so, so you, you took our lesson to heart even more than we did in that moment, maybe more than I did in that moment about save it, save it till the last possible second. Yeah, yeah. I have so to it, imagine if fans watch this in groups or if people, if people who love this show and love Breaking Bad watch this in groups, they would che- they'll cheer out loud. When he's finally on yeah. camera in yeah. focus, yeah. it's it's really exciting. By myself watching it completely alone on pics with my name watermarked across the middle of the, which is one of the worst ways to watch yeah. anything. Even then, it was electric to see it finally. Nice. Ha- it was it was really exciting. It's nice. funny too because last year when you guys were talking about you know bringing um, Gus back, and I remember you know several conversations in my room when we were editing on other pro- on other uh, 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 episodes, where I was like, well, you know, you guys could just kind of tease him for maybe about five or six. Maybe you could tease him for a couple episodes. You don't actually have to have him. We talked about it. But you it, have to, we? you have to, you know. Yeah. But, uh, but it's really, really fun that, that he's back in the second, in the yeah. second episode. And he's got like some Spidey sense going on, man. He's like yeah. out there sweeping afterwards and, oh, yeah. you know, he's got to, that you know, smile. Two very smart. Mike is, you know, street smart. He knows his shit. And Gus is the smartest guy in the room. So it's great to have these two guys going up against each other. And, and Giancarlo is. You know, he's coming back to this character after a while, and it, I'm not giving anything away to say that Giancarlo is a very, very different person from Gus. I mean, this is, this is, this is you know, he is Giancarlo is uh, there's a, a sweetness and an openness. He is he is fun, a fun person. He's yeah, a warm a person. He is he is, and then he you know he puts that mask on yeah. of Gus, and, he, and he's so much of it drops away. <laughs> Going back to the first episode of Breaking Bad I ever directed, Giancarlo was in there, and and he was so generous to uh, somebody who had never directed an episode of television before, and such a he's so much fun to work with, and so. He's he's uh, he's got so many good ideas, and he's just he's just he's just a, a wonderful guy, and and, guy. and of course he had this this terrific idea of how to bring 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 Gus back to the public with this uh, with this commercial, and also we were at the uh, I think the first time we really public about the fact that he's back uh, was at the Television Critics uh, Association, and he came. We we all got on stage first, and then then he showed up, and they, they pushed a big. Uh, a, a big cart 
with uh, fried chicken, boxes of fried chicken, and handed it out to all the hungry critics. And he was just he was just having so much fun with it. He's he's a he's a blast, and he's also such. Uh, we're, we are we are so fortunate. We have I think uh, just an incredibly talented, fun cast, well, it, and right. he's he's wonderful. He it, yeah. And as we're as we're recording this, South by Southwest has just happened, and there was that right. pop up uh, uh, Los Pollos Hermanos store in the middle of Austin. That was so fantastic. I, we saw the photos from that. Uh, I want to give Even a shout the booth out. Booth cushions look the same. It was amazing. It was AMC, AMC. AMC constantly is is just keeps topping themselves. It, that that is an amazing piece of work. A young woman, absolutely. A young woman named Teresa Beyer. Uh, right. Her department. What is her uh, official department? She's a marketing and activation. She's at AMC, and her folks created i mean i heard about this ah oh, we're gonna we're gonna be giving out uh you know we're gonna have a like a pollos hermanos presence at south by southwest and i i'm picturing a food truck <laughs> with a banner someone made it quick prints or kinko's or something <laughs> that said pollos hermanos over it and i and you send me these photos and i'm like what the hell am i looking at they built a restaurant that looks exactly like the real place and then you show me photos from inside of it. Inside is just as detailed, even more detailed than the outside. And uh, people went batshit for it. And I'm just so sorry I wasn't there. They I didn't. This, I missed it. They yeah. put this thing up on an empty lot. It's 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 remarkable. And I don't know if it's been announced publicly, but there that that pop up Poyos Hermanos might show up in other cities. I think it might. Yeah. And, and I apologize. Teresa is actually promotion, activation, and partnership. So after after we reveal God and we see, I guess Jimmy has done the, the work that Mike does. Um, then Mike is like on a, another stakeout number two, and he's writing down all the cars. And then Victor! Yeah, Jeremiah. Jeremiah. Victor is back. It was so good. It was so fun seeing him again. He's, he's a fine fine young man, excellent actor, and it was just fun fun, fun seeing him again because I hadn't seen him since... Uh, since you killed him. No, I'd oh. seen him at a party or something since then. He's a great guy. So did you guys actor. know that you were that he was going to be the guy, or was it easy to figure out who the who that guy yeah, was? Yeah, I mean, once once Gus comes back, you start figuring out that he needs his pieces around him. So uh, Victor was, you know, someone, you know, we didn't when we write these things, we don't know if we can get the actors, but we hope. Who's the bag man? Who in the history of Breaking Bad is the bag man? Is that you're asking? Or no, is the I'm actor? just who, who well, is the actor is yeah. David DeLau. I mentioned uh, oh, okay. uh, earlier. Uh, who's a really enjoyed working with him. And by the way, we were talking earlier about that culvert. Uh, that that looks so cool on on, on camera, and mm -hmm. you were wondering who found that place, and I'd said Christian. That uh, the steepness, you see it in the one angle. There's a side view where he goes up the the steep concrete. David, the right. actor, goes up this thing. That thing was scary because I went up and down it a couple times, and I'm like, I'm going to break my neck on this thing. This thing is so steep. I mean, it's not meant for people to go up and down it. And I wonder for people who have not seen Breaking Bad, if they're watching this episode, if they, they get, I think they get exactly what's going on with the the dead drops and everything. Because we saw Mike and Jesse back in season four do all these dead drops and mm -hmm. pick these things up. So we see this guy going around to, to places and he's picking, I don't even think we see clearly that it's money, right? It's just, he's no, just, we never, we never he's see just it. picking up packages here and there. So yeah. uh, I think people not familiar with Breaking Bad will hopefully put the pieces together what's happening. The one he goes in, David goes in and gets the the package from under the sink, the old broken sink. That is that's again at the uh, the lo old locomotive works, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and that is uh, believe it or not a locomotive paint shed. Used to be back hmm. in the day, 
I, this place must have closed up in the 50s or maybe the early 60s or maybe before that even. But they used to used to roll the locomotives in there and paint them. I, I would love to have seen this, dearly loved to have seen this place when it was up and running. I wish I had a time machine. <laughs> or the, oh, because it made old steam, steam mm-hmm. locomotives mm-hmm. there, which is a, a lost art completely. So Ernie comes over because he's afraid, doesn't know what to do. So he tells Kim about the tape. Mm-hmm. T- Kim tells Jimmy about the tape, right? Give me a dollar. Yeah, I'm your lawyer now. Oh, like yeah, that. yeah, well, yeah. we've heard that before. Well, Kim, Kim tells Jimmy about the, there's a tape. Jimmy, there's a tape. How can there be a tape? I don't know, but Ernie told me there's a tape. So then Mike, re, they, they, we realize that they're on to Mike, and you give us a really nice cliffhanger with the with the gas cap, right, in the middle yeah, of, of the street, of the, of the road. Yeah. And Boy, that's the it. shots out there were beautiful. That's a great yeah. place. That's out near Double Eagle Airport. So here's what here's one of my favorite parts of the show. Brandon Hampton, by the way. Ernie, we love we love Brandon. My fa- One of my favorite parts of the show, Howard's American Ninja Warrior. Oh, course. my God. <laughs> yeah. It is his first sort of action sequence yeah. in, we need in more. our series. In a suit and hard shoes. And I thought, what the hell is going on right way? now? Yeah. Why is how, why, of all people, the guy in Hamlindigo Blue right. with the, the perfectly tailored suit, yeah. why is this guy, you know, Ferris Buellering his way through a neighborhood <laughs> yeah. to, to go into one of the 13 entrances to Chuck's house? Yes. There's so many... Ways to get into that house. Yes, that house is. I, it's like a chameleon. I, I first time we've like ever seen the backyard. By the way, that's yeah. that's right. Yeah, and they're really, it's a big big house. Yeah. Where did he throw the phone that time when he like went and he threw it with the tongs? We didn't really <laughs> see the yard. That, that was at the front. Well, you, what so you usually areas. see is the side yard where right. the mailbox is. That right. time was the front yard, yeah. and now for the first time we're seeing the backyard. And by the way, there's a swimming pool back there. And Michael Novotny and and the construction and his folks and the construction team covered it up because uh, we didn't want a swimming pool there, mm. story wise. And, and and we love our Chuck's house interior and exterior. I don't think it's giving oh, yeah. anything terrible oh, yeah. away to say that they're you know the, of course the interior shot on stage. There are a few things a few things yeah, that don't necessarily a total. few things that don't that that aren't aren't a perfect match. But most of all, the the actual house is just. It's tremendous. It's tremendous. <laughs> Three it's a, times bigger than the way we play Chuck's. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah. it's it's huge and it's rambling and it's a wonderful house. I mean, it's a wonderful nineteen uh, early nineteen forties house. Yeah. Uh, it's a real special piece of architecture, and we're so grateful to the owners who've been very very kind to us and also allowed us not let their let their lawn grow at certain points. And, and they just, put up with a lot from very us nice. because they're nice. the house is a beautiful, well kept house in real life. But you're exactly right; they'll let the hedges and the and lawn grow because we ask them to to make it look like Chuck's not maintaining the place. And that probably may be a little tough for them because they don't want the neighbors thinking you know they're he can get early crack addicts or grass. It's a nice neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> he could have got the yeah he could have. But by and again, Patrick Fabian, he could have gone over that six foot wall like in one James Bondian leap in real life. But I said, make it look hard. Make it look this is me like like it's me doing this, not you. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was fun. So we at the end we pay off the the teaser where now we see that well we even pay off what you set up in episode one, which I was talking about that that uh, uh, Chuck is a son of a bitch and had this whole thing planned out because he knew. And he needed to, Jimmy to know that there was a tape Chuck so is an Jimmy asshole. could come do it. Yeah, I said that. I'm sick that. of that guy. Yeah. 
So, so uh, I got some sympathy for the devil here. I really do. I, I, I think he is a bad guy in a lot of ways and does a lot of bad things. But the, Jimmy really hung him out to dry in Peter's episode of last season. Was it episode 209? That's right. And, I mean, that was a terribly, for a guy with a sense of, of self and Yeah, but and, look at what he did ego, to Kim. Well, look at what he did to Kim. I know, well, I know. You can. I could argue that was Hamlin who did because Chuck was anyway. Never mind. They're we, all we, dirty. Well, They're all dirty. I, I let him into his firm. there's water under that bridge. There is. Yeah. There's a lot to be said, and Chuck definitely which is, has a legitimate point of view, which is what we love. But I don't argue with people uh, who, who think otherwise. The beauty of this is there's a lot of there's a real good game of tennis going on here. Mm-hmm. You can look over here and say, yeah, he's, uh, but yeah, and they look over there, yeah, you look over here. You can, you can, there's a lot of ways to interpret this, which is much, which is, makes me think of real life versus, oh, there's a guy with a black hat over here and there's a guy with a white Mm -hmm. hat over here and there's no shades of gray. To me, there's a lot of shades of gray here. But you pay off that whole thing that you set up in episode one at this point when Jimmy Mm -hmm. comes busting in there Mm -hmm. to get that tape. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And has a tantrum. And that's what we talked about. Yeah, and that's what we talked. You can't help himself. We knew Chuck, that. Chuck we, knew is, that. This is what we hinted at in the last podcast. Uh, it, it, this is not just legal brilliance. Clarence Darrow, actually, in a lot of ways, it is like the real life Clarence that's Darrow. That's more like the real Clarence it's, Darrow. It's more like the real Clarence Darrow. This is not just book learning, uh, lawyer lawyering. This is this is social engineering. Mm-hmm. Chuck, in this moment, is as good a con man as Jimmy ever was and as we said in the last podcast it must run in their genes or something it runs in the family because chuck is a brilliant lawyer yes he knows every statute every every quotation every 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 line from the law books but in this moment he's getting jimmy he's a good comment but he doesn't understand the level how hurtful this level of deception is he thinks he thinks Jimmy's going to come sneaking in, in the middle of the night. And That's true. Bang, he comes, you know, busting through the door. That's true. Really torn apart. I mean, he, he hurts his brother. I mean, it's just. That's true. And Chuck Chuck is, I mean, it's a beautiful scene. And the, 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 that was a fun one to the, write. The, that was the, a, it, a, it's beautifully job, written, right? it, beautifully acted, beautifully directed, beautifully edited. I, I just, I just. And I we, just uh, we stole from uh, Columbo. That's true. We did. we did. We did. There's an epi- did. episode called Negative Reaction starring uh, Dick Van Dyke. Yes. Where he. Uh, he Columbus sort of does the same thing with saying, "Are you a witness? To, you, you witness to that?" Once he uh, tricks Dick Van Dyke into picking up a camera, he he goes around the room and asks everybody, "Are you a witness to that?" So we kind of were inspired by that. Columbo, yeah, it electrified me when I saw it. I was just like, "Yeah, I love how you did that." So we in this episode we have three new friends or old friends coming back. We got Gus and Francesca and and Victor. So. Are we going to see any more new people? Are, are any more old friends coming back? No, never. Okay, it's done. That's, that's it. <laughs> Possibly. That's a relief. We've given them enough. <laughs> <laughs> you take and you take, and we give and we give. Possibly, yeah, I would say possibly. I think so. Yeah. I I can't wait to see the next episode. I'll t- I mean, we didn't talk about Kim. She's great in this episode too. I love oh, the man. I love the interview scene that those guys do. It's very very funny. Uh, when they yes. talk about the MVD and all mm-hmm. that. Her looks are priceless. Yeah, Francesca. She yeah. is so. She is such a blessing to get to direct. She is because there's not really much in the way. She thinks it's interesting. Ray thinks she's being directed, and Ray wants direction. And she's like, "Yeah, was this? How about this? How about that?" And I just the whole time I've just got a smile on my face. Saying, she is so goddamn mm-hmm. good. And she's like, "Well, what if I did this a little?" I was like, "Yeah, let's do it again." I just enjoy watching you. You're fun to watch. 
And now those looks, those sidelong glances she throws him as he keeps looking at his watch and whatnot are just (laughs) wonderful. And we get to the bottom of the whole DMV, MVA mystery. MVD. MVD. I'm sorry. MVD. Yeah. Because we got that wrong in Breaking Bad. Hank kept saying the DMV, and Saul did too. Yeah, Saul said it's back to the DMV with you. I think I might have written that episode. And. So Little did go. we know at Little the time, they don't. don't call it that. They don't. They don't, but obviously Jimmy does. So yeah. does Saul. Exactly. So does, so does Hank Schrader. It's, 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 it's just like, uh, it's, and so does Hank for Just like the, uh, the uncut pizza. It's one of those things that uh, we do a little <laughs> bit of retroactive, retroactive fixing. Yes. Well, that's it. The end. No. Um, <laughs> I love that. That's funny. Perfect. Um, no, that that I yeah we're, we we got the high sign about twenty minutes ago. Um, thank you guys for listening very much, and thank you guys for coming out uh, talk about this episode. And I for one can't wait to see the next episode. It's exciting to have not read any scripts, to have not seen any dailies, and I'm just experiencing them as episodes. It's 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 really exciting. So um, it's a great season. I I think Melissa should take us out. Yes. Okay. Can can you can you take us out with your best uh, better call Saul? As Saul. Better call Saul. That Yay! was good. That was good. That was a good really one. Good. I like that. Thanks. I like that one. All right.